Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at what you're doing to me. This is Curate Curiosity, a travel podcast full of stories and recommendations for experiences around the world. I'm your host, Dietrich. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this episode or another will help you choose your next travel destination. Exploring the world is the best way to build community. My friend Larry spent three months as a digital nomad in Colombia. On the back end of his trip, he started a business. Now Larry not only works in tech, but he works in coffee. Hello, hello. It's Dietrich again here with another episode. Today I'm with my guy Larry. Larry and I met each other back in Chicago through a beautiful organization called The Healing. Larry, what's up? How you doing, man? Hey, man. You know, I feel blessed. Uh, I'm definitely coming into 2022 with, with a new set of energy. Uh, you know, in many ways, I felt like 21 was a great year of just development. Um, so I'm very excited, man. Um, no complaints my way. Hopefully we can start to get over this, this, this Omicron, but Yo, uh, Mariana is real. Mariana is real, man. He's Yo. here. He's back. B2K he's, is back. he's dancing across. He's, he's in the rain again. He's out there. Yeah. Exactly. The ice box is real. It is, it is back. So, man. Yo. For real. So yeah, man, I, I love the optimism. Uh, I'm excited to not only be sitting with you, but also to be hearing about your trip. I kind of like, heard like a whisper about it but i was like is this old is this happening right now and i'm across the world too so i didn't have enough intel to really know but uh yo i will know after today so uh yeah before we jump into that yeah tell the people a little bit about your story man tell the people about your life i work in the tech space and kind of always been in the marketing tech space i work at for a consulting company so traveling to me was something i was doing before COVID a ton Monday through Thursday, I'd be on the road, either, you know, East Coast, West Coast. Uh, but, you know, just like everyone, I think COVID in 2020 gave me an opportunity to, to, to reflect on myself, how I want to orient myself to the world. I did a lot of reading and, you know, I'm a Midwest kid. Uh, I, I think a lot of the times that I had an opportunity to travel was, you know, after I had the resources to do so. Um, and every time I had a trip, it revealed a new layer to myself. It gave me a new perspective on the world. And I think it's just very important, man. I think being able to go new places, experience new things, just teaches you a lot more about yourself as well. Beautiful, man. Yeah. So diving a little bit deeper into your backstory. Um, so you say mm -hmm. you're in the tech space. Yeah. yeah. So what did you study to get there? Was that like always the plan? Certainly a, a path that was a little bit windy, not necessarily something planned out, didn't have a blueprint for it, but landed here. So I went to University of Dayton. Uh, that's in Dayton, Ohio. I was a psychology major coming out of the University of Dayton and uh, I'm a Kappa. So uh, that broadened my network a little bit, but that also gave me a plug into grad school at Wake Forest University because uh, the dean of students there was a uh, was a Kappa, so it kind of worked out there. Uh, got a scholarship to go down there, um, did grad school, so it rounded out my psychology with business. 
also gave me a job in Chicago working at a company called Steelcase, which funny enough does office furniture. So like nothing to do with what I do today. Like this, the chair that I'm sitting in today is like a Steelcase chair. Like I was selling office furniture, uh, like my first year and a half, two years out here. And then I was just like, you know what? I think there might be something else that I want to do with my life. So I did a, a coding boot camp at that time. Um, and I was still working and just kind of took a coding boot camp. I was always interested in things like Google Analytics, building out blogs and everything. And um, I went to this event called like Uncubed, and it was getting people kind of pushed into the tech space. Uh, and I ended up getting a job from there. It was like a smaller startup. Um, uh, it's called Rise Interactive, but that's where I learned a lot of my chops from digital marketing standpoint. Um, was there for about a year and a half. And then I went to Havas Media, which is like a large kind of media agency out here, creative agency, did a lot of kind of strategy work, uh, but was always more of an analytics type of guy, just like numbers. I like understanding how people behave. So it's kind of that psychology and that business coming together. I really love that. Um, telling the story, using data to do so. Um, and, you know, I've been at, a, at Accenture ever since, Accenture Interactive. So it's been a beautiful career here. I've worked on some of the largest clients that, that you could think of. I worked across some of the most interesting data sets and solved really hairy problems. Uh, like I was traveling a ton before the pandemic hit. So I was already kind of in a mindset of like, okay, I'm comfortable with traveling. I'm comfortable with making myself comfortable in a new location, um, you know, kind of this concept of like home is kind of where, you know, the heart is. It's like, you know, home is with me. It's, it's, it's not necessarily a physical location. It's, it's, it's in myself. So I was already kind of comfortable with that. And then 2020 made everybody sit down. Right. So, yeah. That's beautiful. I really uh, appreciate you for cracking open your story and helping us kind of peek behind the curtain before we hear this specific chapter uh, of, of, of your best trip uh, coming through. I think also that one liner kind of comes to mind. It's kind of summarizing some of what you said around, you know, home can be where the heart is, but it can also be wherever your heart takes you. And I, I think that that's a beautiful way to look at travel and look at exploring uh, because as you explore, you're not only experiencing the world, but you're also exploring yourself. So I think that that's a dope, dope mindset to uh, approach both work and travel uh, simultaneously, my man. Is there anything else in your story that kind of makes traveling your thing or that that makes traveling a good idea for you? There's a construct that is that is placed on people. And I, and I think it's kind of the this mode of the trajectory that you're supposed to go through and kind of what that traditional American dream story kind of is. But there's so many different wrinkles and so many different other ways that you can kind of take the story. And I think as you realize the impact that traveling has, you start to realize that, hey, if I start to introduce these new wrinkles, it also adds to the way that I've kind of perceived the world and perceived like my space and my place in the world as well. So I would say in some ways I was kind of just searching for self, right? Like, you know, trying to figure out where I kind of fit in this thing. I think, you know, as you go through your 20s, you're, you're trying to figure out like, okay, what value am I going to bring to the world, right? You, you kind of have gone through some of the things you, you've gone through as, you, as, you, as you've aged. And it's like, okay, well, now I'm kind of creating a, a, a space for myself. I'm, 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 I'm putting my stamp on the world. I'm kind of creating my legacy. So I think in many ways, I wanted to have a life that was full of adventure, full of excitement, 
full of new things, full, full of things that were kind of outside of that traditional mode. And I, and I think that's what traveling has kind of afforded me. Dope. I can really vibe with that idea of kind of exiting the program, as people say, you know, you're on this rat race, you're kind of in this, you know, very conditioned um, system mm -hmm. that is upward moving and then you die. For the listeners who are just tuning in, maybe early first time or haven't heard, I'm, I'm abroad now, right? I'm kind of sitting on one of those wrinkles, kind of looking back at my life back in Chicago and in the States and trying to understand it from this new vantage point. So totally agree. Totally agree. I would say that is a very important piece to it because once you unplug, and I call it unplug from the matrix or unplug from the program, but like when you, and we'll talk about it, but when you unplug from the matrix, you can't unsee what you've seen. It's like, oh, people do things this other way. And actually, it actually makes a little bit more sense. Or, you know, you start to see other things. And you're like, oh, the way I was conditioned, maybe it wasn't what I really needed to be doing, right? And you were like, oh, well, I can't unplug from it. I've seen it, Yes. right? And it's a beautiful thing, though. It's a it beautiful thing. It is. I mean, I don't want to stay on this too long from my side, because again, I'm here to listen to you. But like, I can't even tell you the amount of times right now while I'm out, it'd be 1130, 12 o'clock, you know, whatever, yeah. coming back from something at one. And there's still mm -hmm. kids out there with their parents, like walking around. And I'm looking around like, who's, who's kids? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's, it's just like all these things that are just like, well, at the same time, it's like, how different is that? Why does it, you know, yeah. why does it matter? You know, but at the same time, it's it like, it kind of brings up that same urge of when you, you know, see a kid with no hat on their head, like a baby with no hat. You're like, put a, put a hat on that yeah, baby right. head. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's just different aspects like that, where it, it kind of, like you said, it helps you understand what you've been conditioned to believe is the only way, you know? So, right. yeah. Well, yeah, let's, uh, let's move right into it then. I don't want to uh, stay too nebulous or, you know, philosophical for too long. Yeah. Let's get to the concrete good stuff. So tell us about your travels, man. You've, you've really had an undertaking that I think many people are, you know, wondering if they should stick their toe into the space. Uh, I don't want to give too mm -hmm. much away, but the, the digital nomad yeah. lifestyle is one that is yeah. a growing trend among people uh, mm -hmm. in the States, among people who look like us and among uh, people yeah. specifically in the tech world, right? And it's something that is not, like you said, I think so many people are unseeing the matrix even through other people's eyes. And I'm convinced mm -hmm. that what we talk about today will probably mm -hmm. inspire someone to try it. So I'm, I'm excited to yeah. hear uh, about your travels, man. Yeah. Take it away. What's up? It's not like I have a perfect formula for this. I think as you go into this, you kind of got to figure out what feels right to you. But I was coming out of kind of a situation during the summertime where, you know, I just was thinking that I needed something different. Like, and there were a few things coming together at the same time. I was reading this book called The Way of the Superior Man, which is just a, a really good read. And then I was also reading this book called Your Money or Your Life. One was kind of approaching, okay, how do you develop yourself as a man, go through some of those things that you need to go through, orient yourself to the world. And the other one was a lot more in tune with like, how are you spending your money, but more, uh, but said in a better way, how are you spending your life energy? So how are you really kind of focusing in on the hours that you spend accumulating wealth or whatnot, accumulating money? How are you spending that money? Are you spending it on things that are kind of layered up to your best version of yourself? Are you kind of pointed at that? 
or do you have a lot of frivolous spending? And, and I think as those things started to come together and me kind of being in a space where I needed to just kind of detach and kind of like reevaluate myself, I just was looking and I just saw a cheap flight to Cartagena and, and Cartagena is, is, is like, I think uh, one of the more popular destinations in, in Colombia. I think it's a, it's a place that people have been going to for a while now. Uh, and, and you can see when you get there, it's a lot more of a popular destination, but I booked that flight maybe in like end of August, early September. And I was just like, let me just do 10 days. And I got there. I started to kind of work from Cartagena and I, and I wanted to just see how it worked. Could I get to an Airbnb, make myself comfortable, be productive at work, and then still kind of squeeze in some of the activities I wanted to do. And uh, that first week in Cartagena, I'm like, you know what, I'm here for 10 days. Maybe I can pop over and check out Medellin. Because once you're in like these countries, the flights are like dirt cheap, 30 bucks, 40 bucks to go from Cartagena the Medellin, and that's like, all right, let me check it out. But the funny thing is, the night before I went from Cartagena to Medellin, I was like sitting out on like this this wall because in Medellin or in Cartagena, the main place is called like the Wall City, and it's like an actual wall that goes around the city, and that kind of dates back to when um, they were kind of protecting themselves from you know, outside invaders, so the Spaniards, things like that. And, and that was kind of like one of the first places that someone would try to enter into Colombia because it's right there on the coast. But I'm sitting out on a wall and I'm kind of like talking to this older gentleman. And, and like, mind you, like when I'm in Colombia, like I'm trying to speak as much Spanish as I can. Um, you know, cada dia estoy hablando en, en español. As, but it's a process. Uh, it's a process, you know, it's like, you could just continue to try it, but I'm talking to him and you're exploring cultures, but he was like, don't go to Medellin. Like, you know, it's banditos and, and banditos is like, kind of like a, a bad guy or somebody that like might scare you and stuff like that. And it surprised me because in many ways I went down there, I was like, you know what, what they paint from a narco standpoint, what they pay for that standpoint. I don't know if that's really true. Right. And there's dangers everywhere. You gotta be aware of them. But when I heard it from him, I was like, okay, Thank you. It made me think a little bit because it was a Colombian telling me that. But I was like, I'm still going. Like, <laughs> like, I'm still going. Nice. So I get to Medellin the next day. And Medellin is like no city you've ever seen. It's so green because Colombia sits on the equator. So that means it is very, it's very advantageous for things to grow there. And that's evident in the people and the, in, in the, and the food and everything. But when you get to Medellin, it's a city, it's like a for real city. It's like 3 million people. So it's like the same size as Chicago. And it's surrounded by mountains. Everything is green there. And you see these big buildings, these big buildings kind of coming up and stuff. You're like, oh, okay, I'm in a real city. So I stayed in, uh, it's a popular um, uh, hostel. It's called uh, Selena. And, and um, you know, they're all over the place. But I'm kind of just staying there and, you know, I'll continue to try to grow my Spanish. And I ended up popping over to like a, a little Spanish school to take a couple of classes. Had a really good time my first time in, in Medellin. Now, of course, like there's things you need to be aware of. Like, you know, there are thing activities that are, are permissible there that aren't, you know, kind of permissible everywhere. But I think when you go in with a good mindset, like I did, I mean, I, I went down and I like wrote down these goals that, you know, I wanted to save money. 
you know, I wanted to uh, continue to work on myself. I wanted to travel. I wanted to grow in my Spanish. And I was really kind of looking for some like other revenue opportunities as well. But um, so I'm going down with that mindset. So I'm focused on those things. Um, and I think that's important because the mindset you go is kind of the experience you'll have as well. But I stayed in Medellin for like three days. And then I went back to Cartagena. And then I started to kind of think like, maybe I should spend more time here, maybe. And then I was like, okay, I needed to renew my passport. So I had to fly back to the States and I was there for like a few days. And this is like a key. You can get a passport in two days. You can get a passport really quick. If you go through like the main kind of US site, there's a Chicago location where you just go in you give them your information. You got to have like an actual like little photo of yourself and fill out the form. And they flipped around my passport in like two days. Like, so that's a possibility. Like if you have like one of those consulates in, in your actual city, but I get my passport and then I booked my spot on Airbnb and I had booked my spot for my first trip. And that kind of, so what I kind of did was like, I was like, let me just put my spot out there on Airbnb. And then it filled up and I'm like, okay, well, I need to go somewhere for these days then. That's, you know, that's when I was like, okay, let's go to Cartagena. And then I put it out there for like 30 days. I'm like, let me see if we can push this thing a little bit. And somebody came and got it for like, I think it was like a traveling nurse. She got it for like a month and a half. So I'm like, all right, I'm out in Colombia now. Let me just jump in real quick. Sorry to interrupt you. You, you were really spinning there and I love every bit that yeah. I was hearing. I just want to make sure I'm like, soaking this up because there were some definitely good turns there so you just even gave us like a bit of the hack is that to start you decided to try to like you know rent your airbnb your your space back in chicago just to see right what would happen mm -hmm. it did happen while you were gone and away you did your you mm -hmm. know kind of plan 10 days combo cartagena medellin mm -hmm. you did medellin even against uh the old sages, you know, <laughs> recommendations, and you're glad you did, um, because it's so beautiful. Um, and then you had to go back, right? You recognize that your passport was either going to expire or that three month rule or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. you found a hack in Chicago, you relisted your place to somebody on Airbnb. And now you're back at it again, just hitting back to Columbia. The spot that I got is nicer than my spot in Chicago. So like Medellin has accommodations, like they have dope spots. <laughs> like you gotta think the concept of arbitrage. I'm renting mine and I'm clearing four or $500, right? Really? So the swap was basically flawless, right? It was just basically, I washed my hands on the swap. But the other thing you gotta think about now is that I'm down in Colombia and the pay, so it was like, it's like three pesos to a dollar. So I'm in a new place. The budget is looking really good. And like, remind you, like my goal, and this is how I ended up in Columbia. My goal was continue to work on yourself, to save more money, travel, learn Spanish and look for like revenue opportunities. So it's like the best way to do that, <laughs> rent your spot on Airbnb, Go to a country that speaks that where they speak Spanish and the cost of living is lower and just kind of be out. There. So that's, that's how, great. you know, and that's it just made sense for me to go back to Medellin. And Medellin is an amazing home base because it is kind of like the midpoint of the country. But like Medellin is just like 
the culture, the people, it's like kind of like this hipster type vibe to it. A lot of people like tied it up, but like they got like some really high class restaurants too. So you can go and like get like you on top of a mountain, like over top looking down. It's beautiful accommodations as well. And then when I was there, I was actually taking classes. So like every week I was taking seven to eight hours of uh, Spanish. So I'm like three, four days a week um, taking Spanish, but it also helps you to build community. So for anyone who's kind of going to being a digital nomad, you're looking for ways to kind of build community. I think one of the best ways to do it is to join a Spanish school um, because they have events like every Tuesday and uh, Thursday, it was like a, a, a intercambio or it's kind of like when people from the community come and learn English and, and they're practicing your Spanish. So you're meeting a ton of people there. You're meeting other like expats and stuff like that. And then they also kind of had events around that as well. Uh, and then when you meet people, it's like, okay, then like, you hit them up and you actually going out and kicking it with them and stuff too. And like, I was intentional on like not really befriending a lot of people that spoke English. I was like trying to just only speak with like Spanish speakers, to be honest. But it was so, it was a lot of cool people. I actually met like a couple of, I met a dude from Chicago. I met like two dudes from Chicago, people from Canada, people from Australia, of course, people from other like South American countries and stuff like that. But everybody is in like a really good headspace down there because the weather is warm like it's not dipping below 65 admittedly it was kind of rainy season when I first got there so like September October it's just like rainy season but yeah man you know I'm, I'm, I'm in Medellin now you know my home base is established I have a beautiful Airbnb like you know you got the doorman that's right there you got your grocery spot it's a beautiful uh beautiful time at that point that just sounds incredible. So first time in Medellin, you stayed in Selena. Did you do that in Cartagena as well or no? No, in Cartagena, <laughs> I actually went with a Airbnb and it was, it was a solid Airbnb. I think when you get to like coastal cities and this is like the same way with like, even some of like the cities close to beaches here, it's just a different way of like the houses being constructed and stuff like that. It's like a lot more open windows. Like, you know, you may or may not have a, a real air conditioner or like, it's like just certain things you might not have hot water. Right. So like certain things that you, you just got to be aware of, right? Like yep. if it's 90 all day, every day, you might not have hot water. And like, is it really that big of a deal? Probably not. Cause it was so hot out there. Like it was hot. Like, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you don't need a hot you know, shower when uh, the water gets hot as it comes down on exactly. you. Right? Yeah, that's exactly. wild. And then Selena, yeah. I'm a little curious because we almost stayed at one of those out here in Porto. Mm -hmm. And there are a few mm -hmm. of them that we've like been peeping and there's even one in Chicago. Uh, yeah, what's mm -hmm. your read on Selena? What What about that as a stay? Uh, was there the same kind of event structure, kind of like good connections? Yeah. Or was that not your vibe because it was more people traveling? Yeah, so, and, and, you know, a lot of times when uh, someone says hostel, they're like, oh, you're standing in a room with a whole bunch of people. Like, nah, they got the option for you to just have your own joint. So I have my own joint. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm saving a dollar, but I ain't saving that many dollars. Right. I don't it, want to be waking up next to somebody. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So, um, but it was good, man. It was nice. It was clean. It was well put together. It's another way for you to kind of plug into different activities. They had trips that left from there. And that's, I mean, you meeting a lot of different people, man. I'm, I met this dude that was traveling from like Atlanta, but he had been traveling for like six years, like black dude, dressed, like cool dude. 
but you just meet so many different people, man. I met people from all over doing all bunch of different stuff, man. I met developers. I met, you know, people that worked in finance. You meet a ton of different types of people. Um, so I would, I would encourage you to do Selena, but I felt that like when you're actually trying to live somewhere for a while, Airbnb is just better. Cause like, it's like, it's a home, you know, it's like you for real, just kind of recreating the experience of being at home. Um, but yeah, I mean, Selena was worth it. I think like they have so many of them. Some of them probably are created different than others, but the one in Medellin was cool and it puts you right where you needed to be, which is this area called Poblado, probably the most popular area there. That's dope, man. I really appreciate that intel because yeah, I found that the Airbnb vibe for even a five day can be a good move. I mean, I'm traveling mm-hmm. with my partner, obviously, but the end of the year, I have about a month on my visa. I'm going to graduate from the University of Alcala over here. And then I'll have 30 days until I can't be in Europe without renewing or whatever. So I'm like getting ready. You know what I'm saying? So that's my goal, man. So I'm trying to prioritize Africa right now, but yeah, that's a story for another time. Today's episode is sponsored by From the Ground Up. From the Ground Up is a basketball podcast that provides listeners with an experience like no other. This podcast is no holds barred, unfiltered opinions based on facts. Not to mention a black woman is at the helm. You won't get an experience like this anywhere else. From the ground up, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It sounds like your trip was pretty solid. Any other cities that you hit while you were there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Medellin was like the home base, but Colombia is vast, has so many different types of landscapes. Like you can see snow in Medellin or in Colombia. You can see oceans. You can see different islands. Um, So in total, I went to five different locations. I, of course, stayed in Medellin. I started out in Cartagena. And in Medellin, you're, you can like kind of go to a few places uh, close to the city, which one is called Guatape. And Guatape is something that you have never seen in your life. It's just this huge rock that just comes out. I think it was probably like 750 or so stairs to get to the top of it. And it's just surrounded by like all of these different islands and water. And it's just a beautiful site, like the way it's put together. And then it's a nice little town next to it. It's like a, a Puebla. And like you, 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 you go in there, it's just different types of shops. And, but it's just an amazing construction. Like, and, and it's just so different than the landscape that, that you kind of see in, in the States. Um, so that's Guatape. And that was just like a day trip because it was close enough. The Medellin. And then um, with my Spanish school, I ended up going to what they call a, a la finca, or it's, it's like a, a farm, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's a farm where you can grow uh, vegetables, but then it's a farm where it's just more like, yo, we just got this big house and it's just super nice with a pool and everything. We just out there kicking it. Yo. And the same thing, man, just cool people, man. I, and I mean, like, you know, I mean, uh, it's a, it was a couple of black dudes there. Right. And, it's, you know, people, uh, people from South Carolina, dudes from Philly, you know, people were from like, um, 
you know, different Latin American countries as well. But it was just all a good vibe. And like my Spanish was probably on the lower end of the people that were there. But like, you know, I'm able to kind of keep up and stuff like that. And I think when you, you, you know, you have a couple of drinks, you, you just try and more, you just kind of let it fly. Like, yo, was, you learn more and stuff like that. Yo, um, you just, the nerves go down and the Spanish goes up, you know? It's like, it's like I'm gonna try it. Hey, it might fail. Why not? <laughs> Shoot your shot, right? right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was a beautiful thing, man. Uh, same thing. You going out there, you playing Uno, right? You playing games <laughs> in the pool, like dance floor. Beautiful situation, man. Something I would have never, ever done in my life. Like going to a, a visit in a, a finca in, in, in Medellin. So that's in a place called Santa Fe, which is like just outside the city of, of Medellin. And then the other city that I went to, um, and and this one was just crazy. It's called Santa Marta. Santa Marta is a is a coastal city, and it is also very hot. But it is just, I mean, when you get into some of like the nature preserves, because they got this huge areas that's just preserved and like nobody's touched it. I mean, this is like this one, and you got to hike for like two and a half, three hours to like get there. So you going through all these different. It's like a jungle. Areas. It's like a jungle. It's for real, like a jungle. It's like only one path, and they got like horses that walk in through it and stuff like that's the only way you like horses. Um, but it was like once you kind of walked around this beach, it's like a river that flows right into the 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 beach. So like you're seeing like the into the, the ocean, you're seeing like a river flow into an ocean. It's it's just an amazing sight. Um and then, you know, it, it, it was for me, it was just it was, it was some of the most beautiful things that I have ever seen. And, and when you're like just traveling by yourself and like soaking in all these new experiences, I think you're also kind of going through and processing and, and healing in different ways. Like, you know, you're kind of like thinking yourself for like everything you kind of been through to kind of get to this point to see something that's beautiful. Like, I, I think I was having a lot of those realizations, a lot of those moments as I explored new things. I was just very thankful for my journey to have, you know, brought me to a place so beautiful. Um, yeah, and, and, and you know, I, I, there's a lot of places that I visited in Medellin, but like the five distinct locations were, were, were those. Um, <laughs> funny thing is, and, and this might just be, so like the way the country is kind of broken up and like the kind of people will tell you this as well. Uh, the people in Medellin are called uh, Pisces, Mm. Paisa people yeah 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 uh and uh Bogota is, is Rojas like Rojas and then um anybody along the coast is like Costas so it's like these three different kind of distinct type of people but every time you ask somebody in Medellin should you visit Bogota I was like why like <laughs> the fun like Medellin is where you need to be like nice. it was like do you want to see museums or do you want to just be out there in the cold environment and stuff like that because <laughs> Bogota is not fun like I would say like 90 to 95 percent of people who I asked in Medellin should I visit Bogota I was like no but I didn't visit Bogota <laughs> maybe next time but that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's so it funny. was funny that's hilarious because bogota is like their capital they're like nah you don't need right. to go. <laughs> like nah you don't need to go. <laughs> that's wild so, yeah the paisa thing is is very interesting there's like uh there's a lot of debate around spanish accents hay un debate un polémica que sobre quien tiene el acento mejor que quien y tal but 
the Paisa accent is supposedly one of the most beautiful accents in the world. Like per accent era sencillo para mi entender. Yes, tu entendiste un montón porque sí, los colombianos hablan de una manera super claro, como los venezolanos igual, pero sí, es es un dicho, es un un hecho. Es una razón yo vuelvo a Colombia, pero yo tengo una opción por Puerto Rico o otros países. Y yo elijo uh, Colombia para, porque la español era sencillo para mí. That's what's up, man. I, I, I'm 100% with that. I pienso lo mismo, pero no he, tengo ganas de irme, pero la oportunidad todavía me escapa. Pues. But that's awesome. That's, uh, that's yeah. really good that you have that, that under your belt. You have some, all Spanish is real Spanish. I'm not going to, you know, be a colonizer out here, but the reality <laughs> is that it's important to be uh, aware that like not all Spanish sounds equal, especially to a learner. So yeah, Colombian Spanish is, is probably a great place to start. So kudos, bro. Kudos. Hats off to you to, for putting in the work. Cause yeah, putting in the work is that's where it's, that's where it happens. A uh, couple rapid fire questions um, mm -hmm. before we, you know, kind of pivot and close is like, uh, first off, so overall, how long were you there for, my man? Yeah, so like in total, like two and a half months, but like the span was close to like three months because I had that period of time where I had to return for a week for the uh, renewal. So yeah, like two and a half months, man. And, you know, I would say the amount of like the way my Spanish advanced in like two and a half months, if... I would say for any digital nomad, if you actually are going to go to a country that they speak a different language, first thing you do, find a school and just take classes. Because like you will, it's a beautiful thing when you first can have a conversation with somebody in a different language. That is a feeling, like people don't talk about that feeling enough. That's a feeling that is, I don't, there's not many things that can top that. You know what I mean? I do. I really do. Well, I yeah. know. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a Spanish teacher, so I'm I'm like, you're making my, you know, my heart glow because just I just am hoping that some of my babies are out there just at least trying it. You know what I mean? We did all that work. You put in all those stuff yeah. for the finals. At least try mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? So it's cool to see you on the other side, you know, in adulthood, just mm -hmm. put in the work. You know what I mean? Because like you said, it's it's got to be relevant. And when you're traveling, super mm -hmm. relevant. So it's hella, hella real to see somebody applying that. Uh, I think my other question, you gave a tip for digital nomads. As a digital nomad, I would I would say you, you know, you got your wings this on this trip. I would say, what tips do you have for 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 nomading? You you had a, a short stint of two, three months. Um, are there any other tips that you would give for people working um remotely in that way specifically uh, as they travel? Yeah. Well the first things that I needed to do was find a gym. So like that is a part of me that like helps me feel like in a place as home. So I found a gym like really quick. Um, definitely. I think finding a school was really important. That's what kind of like built out my community for sure. Um, I wasn't on social media. So like, but I know like social media probably would kind of help with some of those things. Uh, I should have went ahead and got a phone plan when I went down there. And like, if you have anything past, like I think an iPhone 11, you got like the dual SIM card. So you could just put like 
the other one inside of yours and it'll just kind of switch over to that network. Um, when you're there, like continue to journal, continue to write down your experiences, write down your feelings, write down the things that like you really are kind of experiencing at that moment. Um, I met a lot of people who were doing like, it was just on a self like healing type like vibe like it was like this men's group that I met out there and they were doing like these ice baths that like you would just kind of go there and like kind of shock stuff out of your system it was a it's a beautiful system of like opening up and sharing I think the more that you're willing to be vulnerable and put yourself in the situations that it's like ah because I wasn't about to go to that finca I was like you know what it's Saturday it's early I don't feel like getting up I'm gonna have to speak Spanish all day I'm gonna have to spend the night over here but I'm so happy I went. Every time I was like not about to do something, I ended up doing it and it was like the best thing ever. So I want to say that. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, battle that intuition. I think that that's another thing is like, um, you know, there are moments where you were talking about, you know, stepping out of the matrix and kind of like looking back on uh, were there any gems that you could share about, you know, the return or just ways that people do life differently in that setting that made you really challenge or appreciate, um, you know, where you come from or where you return to? I sold a ton of stuff before I went on my trip. So like, I was also, and I've also been in this mindset of kind of like minimalism and like really kind of getting to the essence of like what makes myself happy. And I also got really in tune with like the content that I was consuming and what was going into my mental on a day in and day out basis and just reclaiming my time. So like getting off of Instagram, like not being on any dating apps, like getting off of all that stuff, you're giving yourself an extra like 20, 30 hours a week, right? And I'm feeling that with Spanish. And then I'm kind of like removing like hip hop and all that stuff. I'm like not really listening to that and like filling it with other content. And a lot of it was like Spanish for me. But you, when you start to take like inventory of what you're consuming, and then also start to think about the way that you're spending your time. If you start asking yourself questions like, am I spending my time in a way that's kind of leading me to the best version of myself? And yes, yeah, some days you won't be the best at everyone. But if on average, you could be better at doing that and you can do things that give you fulfillment that lasts for a longer, like this long-term fulfillment versus some of the short-term kind of cycles of just dopamine hits and stuff like that. It's a very fulfilling place to get to. Now I'm back in the States and like, I'm trying to like get back to it. Cause like things like hip hop, things like music are very addictive. And it's like, how do I kind of continue to learn Spanish? But I think I'm more in tune with like how I'm processing and putting things into my brain and how important that is for you to remain balanced. Yeah. Balance is key. I think when you look up or you look back on how you got to where you are and you can't remember, um, I think that that's a moment where you, need to examine your balance you know what i mean so i think that that's yeah. dope that you're considering as you head forward before just looking back you know and kind of more giving yourself the boundaries you need one big thing that i've done honestly from a podcast with a digital nomad as well that i listen to regularly is i've been sleeping with my phone in the kitchen right instead of just having it mm. in the room and I've been really focused mm -hmm. on trying to make sure when I'm eating, you know, even when I'm like doing stuff like just showering, just any like normal human thing that people were doing before phones and all that. I'm trying to just mm -hmm. do that without a phone. Mm -hmm. And that has been, like you said, like my mental space, that that's just thinking time now, right? Instead mm -hmm. of scroll time where I'm like, 
uh, getting more stuff, more lights in my face. And I think that the, the effect has been wild, right? Because it just unlocks a box in my head that I didn't even recognize was closed and kind of dusty. Yeah. Protecting your mental space. That's one thing I really was happy. I was intentional in doing like getting off of like a lot of apps and then like just being more engaged with your environment, right? Because when you seek it to your phone and you have your headphones, you're just like kind of creating this space inside of this larger space, this environment. And when you're more in tune with your environment, I think that you kind of are able to kind of think differently, kind of think more creatively, right? You're not just like trying to block out all of these other things. You're allowing yourself to think. So I agree with that full heartedly. Well, I guess before we hear about any other recommendations you have, you mentioned something quite a bit throughout you mentioned an investment opportunity, right? You went down with this mindset yeah. for goals. You went down Spanish, yeah. you know, expanding, healing, all those things. And it seems like you ticked all those boxes. And I'm just curious, mm -hmm. um, maybe if you want to detail what you idealized in your mind before going as those investment opportunities and what you found while you were there. Yeah, and honestly, I just kind of skipped over a whole part of the story that was down there. Another place it. that I visited was Santa Fe which is a coffee farm. And um, Colombia is very uh, famous for coffee. It's synonymous with the name in many ways. So part of the culture, when you get down there, you realize this is really ingrained. It's like everybody you talk to has a cousin or family member that works on a, a coffee farm. It's like a third of their economy. So when you get down there, you really start to realize like, oh, coffee is like a substance that like, a lot of people consume and I think the numbers are like two-thirds of Americans drink coffee and like the majority of those uh, consumers drink two to three cups a day and I was like working with uh, a guy it started as like a mentorship we like, went to the same school and everything but then quickly we started talking about like business ideas and when I was down there I'm like after I did my first coffee tour I'm like yo I think it's coffee so we actually like brought back a whole bunch of coffee and like we're roasting coffee now and trying to sell it online. So um, yeah, man, it was a beautiful thing. And honestly, coffee to me is a way to really, to provide energy to people. If, if you have one way of like providing energy at a mass scale, coffee is one way of doing that. And, and, and it's, it was a beautiful way to kind of stumbled upon it is like, I'm going through this period of growth I'm working with a, you know, uh, you know, with a business partner in a mentorship relationship. And then the story of coffee is like coffee goes through this like period of trauma, the coffee tree of really intense periods of rain and then really intense periods of sunlight. And that sunlight forces the water or those juices into the cherry of the coffee tree. That cherry fills up. It has two beans inside of it. And the bean is then removed from the cherry it's washed from all of the sugars that's with it. And then it's dried for like 300 to 500 hours. And then it is, you know, roasted. But that whole process just made me think about like, you know, it's a process to get you to where you are, right? A lot of those things that you go through early on in life, nobody ever sees. They just see this final product. And that was the beauty. And, and once I saw that, I'm like, I need to be involved in some way. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm you know, we, <laughs> We're starting up a little coffee roastery here in Chicago, roasting coffee in small batches and, and seeing where it goes. That's really dope, man. A little home roaster operation. <laughs> I definitely got to check in on that. Yes, yeah, work in progress coffee, man. We, we're, you know, 
got a little site going and everything, but we'll certainly love to share it with, with everyone, man. That's a beautiful, beautiful move to think about that. Like you said, healing turned to progress as well. I, I, I really love that aspect. Let's just breeze through then. The arc is real. You gave us a ton of great, great experiences that you had and so many nuggets. Mm -hmm. On the more tangible side, I'm just wondering, you had some unforgettable moments going to the Finca. You had this time in Santa Fe. Were there any other experiences that were kind of like, oh, I'm glad I did this, you know, either tourist thing or this thing in this specific location that people might want to seek out on their trip to Colombia? If you go to Santa Marta, and I would suggest Santa Marta, there is a nature preserve and it is about two hours from the city. And it is some of the most beautiful land I've ever seen. The food there, the people, the, just the way that the area is kind of constructed, I would say that's probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. You see the fish kind of coming up to you. You see like kind of dolphins off in the, in the distance. And, you know, I, I was speechless. And it's just one of those things where it's like, as much as I can kind of tell you about this, until you actually see it, it is one of those things where it kind of takes your breath away to be like, you know what, if it's things like this as beautiful as beautiful as this out in the world, I think I need to continue to travel to see more of these things, right? So yeah, I would say Santa Marta was 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 a beautiful place, and most of these coastal cities, the the key is to go on some of the trips. So the trips to the different islands. When you go to Cartagena, it's, it's, it's a lot of different islands you can kind of go around to, but these islands are just so beautiful. They're like preserved. You know, you see monkeys, you see parrots. I think they say Colombia has like the most types of birds that, that in, in one area, but I would just say it's an experience when, when you get to these locations for sure. Man, man, I, I still got the smells, the smells, it's like everything, it's just the whole environment, the whole experience is just something, it just does something to you, it imprints into your soul, it really does. I believe it, man, I mean, I'm, I'm living some of that right now as I make my moves as yeah. well, and then uh, I guess the last kind of question in the same vein then is, you mentioned some decent food, these smells, any yeah. space that sticks out, or any type of food that you're like, you have to try this, or you have to try this at this specific place, any eats that you want to highlight for us? Yeah, the main dish there is like fried fish, but they taking like the whole fish, you know, the head is still on it and everything, they frying it down. And then on the side, you get like some coconut rice, some pantacones and like some sorts of like vegetables. And I'm more of a simple eater myself, but the way that they just fry this fish down, it's like, it's no like, it's not a whole bunch of batter and stuff on it. It's just like, but it's so fresh because they catch it right there and they just bring it in they, and it's just so fresh. And I love the, 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 the coconut rice, like whatever they did to put that together. <laughs> um, but it's like a, it's like a strip of like restaurants in Cartagena outside of the walled city, kind of on the side where the, the hotels are. And, and it's a few locations there where you're seeing them just go fish, bring it back in and, and you just eating it right there. So Definitely the fried fish, I would say the highlight. But like when you're in Medellin, empanadas is like the thing. Just like, you know, like it's not really a big taco city or nothing like that. You know, my favorite thing was was really the kind of the fried uh, fish dish. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah, empanadas are are delicious. And I uh, definitely yeah. am down for the seafood move. So knowing that the coast yeah. is, is bringing in some good treats, is that's the way to go. Well, is there uh, anything else that you wanted to say about your trip? 
Yeah, no, man, I, I would just I would just encourage people to to live a life that, that they would be proud of, live an exciting life, to take risks. And I, I think that it'll work out for you in the end. So I'm very happy I had a chance to kind of talk about my trip today. And I hope that this encourages uh, at least someone to take a step in that direction. Final question then, what's next for you? Uh, you got anything on the docket as far as flights or stamps you got to get on the passport? Yeah, you know what, man? Uh, my birthday is next week, so I think I'm gonna head out to uh, Mexico City for a little bit. Just kind of work there for a week, see what it's about. It's a large city, so I want to experience that too, man. It's been on my bucket list, so Mexico City would be next for me. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at what you're doing to me. Uh, it's been one year, four months. Thanks for listening to Curate Curiosity. And yet it's still nothing. Follow us on Instagram to see a travel feed of photos and videos from this episode and others. Hopefully this episode or another will help you choose your next travel destination. Hey, hey, hey.